as we're getting ready to read, it's time for the kids to go out to their Sunday Club programme. So the kids would like, and their teachers and leaders would like to leave for that now. And we're going, then we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians. The reading this morning, if you'd like to be turning in your Bibles, is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 6 to 16, and that's on page 1145 of the Bibles in the seats in front of you or behind you. One Corinthians two, beginning at verse six. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Thanks so much, Lucinda. I love you to see you all. Good morning. Um, do keep those Bibles open in front of you, please. Uh, we love to hear God speak here in Grosvenor, and God has given us the Bible that we might hear his voice, and I want you to make sure that what I'm about to say in the next while really is coming from God and not from me, and to do that, you're going to need to keep your Bibles open and follow along with me. Well, uh, what a joy it is to be able to hear God's voice. Let me ask for God's help as we come to his word. Let me pray.
Our gracious God and Father, we praise you that you are a God who unblinds eyes, who softens hearts, who make dead things alive. And we pray that that power would be at work even this morning as we look at your word. Would you help us to hear your voice and all its wisdom? For Jesus' sake, amen. Um, I am going to speak really to the students this morning amongst us, but the lessons we're going to hear are really for everyone. Um, so can I say, students, you're really welcome. Just so lovely to have you with us. And uh, if you're new to Dublin, uh, what are you looking forward to? Maybe finding your way around, working out how on earth those bus apps work, or uh, making some new friends. Maybe you're from the west coast of Ireland, you're looking forward to the great weather. Or if you're from the west coast of the US, you're wondering, will you ever see great weather again? Well, welcome. Um, if you're not new, maybe you've lived here all your life, or you're a returning student to Dublin. Uh, I hope that you're looking forward to this year. What are you looking forward to? Seeing those friends again, hanging out, the socials, the sports, getting involved again with Christian Union and that side of things. Maybe even some study. That would be good, wouldn't it? Are you looking forward to learning? Maybe more about how the human body works or how economic models work or how French syntax works? Hearing from some of the experts that will be teaching you? I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, if you've been studying already, you'll probably realize this. That even some of the experts, even some of the greatest minds in Dublin, don't seem to understand even the simplest things about God. Or believe all sorts of things about spirituality. Or maybe don't believe there's a God at all. Why is that? See, if God is real, and he really made everything, and he made the world, he made us, then surely the more we understand of the world, of what's around us, of who we are, the more we study that, the more we see it, the more we would see what God is like and the fact that he is real. And yet, it seems in this world, the more spiritual I am, the more stupid people think I am. Wouldn't it be great if you could be seen by the world as both wise and spiritual? Wouldn't that be great? In Corinth, we've been looking at this letter to the Corinthians from Paul the Apostle over the last few weeks. This group of believers, these Christians in Corinth, think they found a way. They're, they're in a great city, uh, the cosmopolitan city of Corinth, a massive trade and people groups flowing through it, a, a significant city in the Roman Empire of the time. And the Corinthians think that they're able to show the world around them that they are wise and spiritual. That they became Christians when Paul came, he brought the good news of Jesus and, and they believed in him. And then as they progressed, matured, they would say, well, they became a bit embarrassed by Paul 
he was a bit pathetic, a bit sort of trembling and weak in the way that he presented stuff. And his message, well, about the cross, well, it was a bit weak. It certainly wasn't persuasive in the culture of Corinth, which was all about power and impressive wisdom. And so these Christians in Corinth decided to downplay the cross and instead show their impressive wisdom, their great spiritual gifts they'd been given. But what we've been seeing is it hasn't led to a happy church. It certainly hasn't led to a church that's attractive to those outside. It's led to, to a divided church where there's factions, where some feel inferior and some superior. And we come to our passage today, and you might not realize it initially, but Paul's first words to these guys who think they are mature are really cutting. Have a look at verse 6. Because what Paul says here is the proof that you really are mature is that you listen to the message I speak. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. What the Corinthians don't realize is that God's wisdom the wisdom that Paul has been given and told to speak, the message. And the world's wisdom, well, they're just completely incompatible. You can't follow Christ and expect to always be seen as wise in the world. Now, that doesn't mean that Christians can't study the things of the world. You know, this world is God's world. He made it. So the, the logic, the beauty, the creativity of this world that we study, well, we can study it because God made it that way. What is incompatible then? It's, well, God had made a wise plan before time began. Look at verse 7. Paul says, Now we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. He's talking about the plan of God to send his son, Jesus Christ, to save a people for himself. Back in the previous passage last week, we saw that the heart of God's wisdom was a message of wisdom that was all about the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That in God's wisdom, he used this so that we could know God and be saved. But the wisdom of the world will not accept this wisdom of God. And actually, the cross of Jesus, if you like, is a perfect example, the ultimate display of how God's wisdom is compared with human stupidity. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a Roman cross. What do you see when you look at the cross? When Christians look at the cross, when God looks at the cross, what does he see? Well, look back to chapter 1 and verse 18. This is what we were looking at last week. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. On the cross, what we see is how God uses his power and wisdom 
to save people like you and me from our sin. When the rulers of this age sent Jesus to the cross, what did they see? Well, have a look at verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it. That's God's plan, his wisdom, this message of the cross. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. We know what they didn't see. They didn't understand that Jesus was God's son, the Lord of glory. And so they killed him. The height of foolishness. For them, the cross was how they used their power and wisdom to crush anyone who interfered with how they wanted things to be. And do you know, so much of the time human wisdom does this the same today. You see, instead of great learning, leading to truth about God and understanding God, actually much of the time it's used to deny God and his truth. I can remember being in a uh, philosophy lecture. Um, I was coming, it was second or third year, I can't quite remember, and I was looking forward to this course. I was in the, the first lecture of this module of the year. I was looking forward to hearing from uh, this learned lecturer who knew so much about this. And not long into the lecture, he started to talk about the existence of God. And he started to say, it was just mad that anyone would believe in a God these days. And he said the reason for that was because if there was a God, he would show himself. And I just thought, here is this guy with all his research and learning, and he doesn't understand that the center of the claim of Christianity is that God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ to show himself. We shouldn't be surprised. When the wise and the powerful and the learned don't get Christianity or even mock it. It's not because Christianity isn't wise or true. It's because the natural disposition of every human heart is not to accept the reality and wisdom of God. If the rulers of this age had understood it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you know, even if we've become Christians, this arrogance appears still in us from time to time. Because any time we disobey God, it's as if we're saying, well, we prefer God not to exist. We don't want him to interfere. We know better. If human wisdom leads humans to deny God rather than to know him, what should we do? What should we do? Students, you're going to be given various things you've got to do this year, like a project, an essay. Uh, what do you need to do that? Well, you might need to look at your lecture notes or go to the library, get some books out, uh, do some research on the internet, use your brain. That'll lead you to understand, investigate that topic. Investigating God, who is outside of this world, what do we need? We can't Go and search human wisdom. What we need is revelation from God. Here's the first thing 
we're going to think about this morning. God's wisdom comes by revelation. Have a look at verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Here Paul quotes the Old Testament and, and here's the problem. You cannot access God or understand God and his wisdom or, or the, the things that he's prepared, the glorious things for his people. There are things beyond imagining, things that we can't access. And yet, verse 10, but God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. God's wisdom comes by revelation. Maybe stick that up on the slide for a sec, can we? God has had to do a miracle. Reveal the truth of who he is and what he's done in Christ. And, and do you know, it's wonderful. Like, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived this. Like, it is just extraordinary. And yet it's also really humbling. Because we're not good enough. We're not wise enough to know God on our own. We need him to reveal that truth to us. How does he do it? Well, end of verse 10, we're told, by his spirit. Here's the second thing we're going to see. God's wisdom comes by revelation, which comes by the Holy Spirit. Okay, who knows what I'm thinking of right now? Is it, um, what a privilege I have to look at all your lovely faces this morning. Well, what a privilege uh, you have to look at, my, no, I don't think it's that. Um, you, you've no idea what I'm thinking, or I, what I was thinking then, do you? There's no way for you to know my thoughts. Who knows what God's thinking at the moment? Who knows what God's wisdom was and is? And will be. Well, have a look at halfway through 10. Verse 10. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Who knows? The thoughts of God, the wisdom of God, the Spirit knows. He knows. You see, in a man in me, you, you could guess um, what I'm thinking, but you don't know. I know. I know my own thoughts. So, you know, you could say, my spirit within me, my self-consciousness, my thinking knows. In God, well, only God knows. But we know from the Bible that actually this one great God is actually one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit, who is God and also knows God, 
knows not just a little bit about God, but all of God, the deep things of God. And it's great that the Spirit knows, isn't it? But, but what about us? How can we know this wisdom from God? If we're Christians, it's because, verse 12, we've been given the Spirit of God. Look at this. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand what God has freely given us. The extraordinary privilege of the Christian. Isn't it extraordinary that anyone who trusts in Jesus, that's what a Christian is, someone who trusts in Jesus and follows Jesus, is given the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit lives in us. He is the one that helps us to know God, to appreciate and experience all that God has freely given us. You see, it's Him who helps me to see that Jesus Christ is not just some figure in history, but the Son of God come in human form. The Messiah who loved me and gave himself for me. It's the Holy Spirit, him who helps me to look at the cross and not see foolishness and weakness, but power and wisdom. It's him that in Christ helps me to see I've been set free from my sin. Set free for God. It's him that helps me to see that this world is not all there is. That one day, all his people will enjoy what God has prepared for them. For those who love him. For those who believe in him. In fact, it is him, the Holy Spirit, who actually helps us to see that we need to believe. When we have him, well then we are truly spiritual being spiritual you know that word's thrown around a lot isn't it you know we could talk about what people uh, mean when they say it in in Dublin today or, or sometimes what Christians mean when they they use it maybe it's about having a an unusual experience or or, a, or an unusual spiritual gift to be truly spiritual very simply you need to have the Holy Spirit. You need to have the Spirit of God. Only Christians are truly spiritual. And being spiritual, well, means living out and learning from Him, the Holy Spirit, and the wisdom that He gives. How do we get this wisdom, this revelation from God, from the Holy Spirit? How do we get it? Do we sit quietly and wait on God? Do we, we listen for a voice in our heads? Do, do we expect some sort of a massive wave of feeling or experience or sort of a download of information into our brains? Here's the next thing we're going to see, that God's wisdom comes by revelation, which comes by the Holy Spirit, which we're going to see, Paul says, comes by words. Verse 13. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Expressing spiritual truths in spiritual 
words. There's a lot of debate as you look at this passage as to who Paul is actually talking about much of the time. When he's saying we, is he really talking about Paul and the apostles or is he talking about all Christians? Now, I think it's probably primarily Paul and the apostles, and yet um, sometimes he's clearly talking about all Christians, but, but a lot of the time I think it's primarily him. But I think also um, anyone who speaks the truth about God does, with the, does so with the Spirit's help. So there's sort of a secondary sense in which the we applies to all of us. But I think here in verse 13, Paul's especially talking about him and the apostles. And his point is about what he has received. You see, how do the Corinthians, uh, those Corinthians, they, they want to be spiritual. They want to know spiritual wisdom. Well, Paul says to them, this is what we, the apostles, speak. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Do you remember... Do you remember I asked you what, what was I thinking earlier? Anyone want to have a guess? Rugby. Ah, oh, it's a really good guess. <laughs> if I hadn't pre-planned what I was going to think, that might well have been the case. Um, it wasn't rugby. Anyone else want to have a guess? <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that's a possibility. Good guesses. You've no idea. I was thinking of Cadbury's cream eggs. I was wondering why, when they're so good, do we have to wait for Easter? Why can't we have them all the year round? You see, you've no idea what I was thinking about. But now you do, because I've let you know by speaking. I've let you know with words. This is how the Spirit works. You see, he spoke, he taught Paul and the apostles. Not with words taught by human wisdom, accessed by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit. And this is then what they speak to the Corinthians and what they write to the Corinthians. And in our case today, the Holy Spirit still speaks to us through what he spoke then. It, it's called the inspiration of Scripture. Actually, it would be better called the expiration, as in sort of breathing out, because the Bible says, actually, the Bible is God's words breathed out by him. As the Holy Spirit works through humans who've written the Bible, the Bible says all the Bible is God speaking. You see, do we want to be spiritual? Do we want to know spiritual wisdom? Well, this is what the Spirit speaks. And you might be there, sitting here, thinking, it's just a bit disappointing. It's a bit dull. In our um, household last night, I'm going to talk about the rugby just for a moment. At about 10 to 10, there was much rejoicing, real experience, emotion. Do you know it's just absolutely insignificant? It compares to nothing. Compared to this, that these are the very words of God. This is the Spirit of God speaking to you and me. That is not dull 
And actually, if we let the Spirit speak, it leads to deep experience, deep emotion, deep spirituality. Students this year, all of us this year, do we want to hear the voice of Almighty God, the wisdom of the Almighty? Well, then we'll want to listen to what the Spirit spoke and is still speaking. Students, can I say to you, can you be careful of Christians who want to divide the Word of God and the Spirit of God? The talk about churches that are sort of Word Bible churches and churches that are more Spirit, Holy Spirit churches. This passage in 1 Corinthians has more about it in the in about the Spirit in it than any other part of 1 Corinthians, even the chapters 12 and 14 that people love to look at. And it tells us that the Spirit uses words. That there is no wisdom from God, no words from God without the Spirit. And look at the difference He makes in our lives. In our spiritual lives. Well, first, verse 14, he, he says, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, there's no difference. It makes no difference in the unspiritual. You see, the man without the Spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. Here's why the, the wise and learned just can't grasp the simplest things. The, the man without the Spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But verse 15, look at the difference that it makes for a spiritual person. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. And he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. The spiritual person, the person who has been given the Holy Spirit, who is listening to the Holy Spirit, who is learning to live in light with with what the Holy Spirit is saying. Well, for this person, he can make judgments. Now, don't think courtroom. Think more surveyor or examiner. This is about how Christians listening to the Spirit can evaluate things, discern things. In fact, the word translated judgments in verse 15 is exactly the same word as translated discerned in chapter 14. It's as Christians are led by the Spirit that they increasingly see things how they really are and the world how it really is and are able to live out God's wisdom in God's world to make wise judgments. And also the Christian isn't subject to any man's judgment. We don't need to worry about whether the world thinks we are wise or spiritual or good because we belong to God. And you see here, verse 16, here is the mind-blowing truth for the Christian. Whether you're a student or not, look at this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And the answer is no one. No one can access God's mind, but we have the mind of Christ. God has done this miracle of revelation from him. 
by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And as He has done that, we will increasingly act and think more and more like Jesus Christ. As you start a new term, students, maybe you're even starting college for the first time, what will your attitude to study be? How, how will you find out what your attitude should be? Well, the Spirit's revealed it in the Bible. Have you looked? Should I go out with that person, that guy or not? Well, have you listened to the Spirit's wisdom on relationships? How do I cope with the stress and the anxiety or, or how to cope when I struggle and fail? Well, have we looked to Christ and found his help and wisdom? God gives us his wisdom through his spirit, through these words, spiritually given by God. Why is it that even the experts, even some of the greatest minds, not just in Dublin, but in the world, do not understand the things of God? Or why is it when we Christians act a bit like the Corinthians. We think we know better about how to be wise and spiritual, that it does not go well with us. It's because God's wisdom comes from God alone. Students, what are you looking forward to this year? Wouldn't it be brilliant to resolve, above all, to grow in maturity, in Christian maturity? What's that going to take? Well, you'll want to hear God's message of wisdom. You'll want to know Christ and his mind better. You'll want to open your Bible at home. You'll, you'll join growth groups at church. You'll, you'll come on Sundays. You'll join your Christian union at college. What will it take? Well, you will pray. Because spiritual truths are spiritually discerned. We need God by his spirit in us to open our eyes to his wisdom. And we will humble ourselves and praise God. Because the reason we know anything is not because we've done it or we're clever or we've worked it out. It's because God has revealed it to us by his spirit. We need revelation. We need God's Holy Spirit. We need his words so that we might know him and know all that he has freely given us in Christ. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Almighty God, you are true wisdom. You are the one who sees all and knows all. We know that without your help we would know nothing of you. We would know nothing of the salvation, the power and wisdom that you have worked in Christ on the cross. And yet we thank you that you are a God who doesn't just send your son to save us, but sends your spirit to open our eyes to unstop our ears so that we hear these words before us and we know they truly are your words, the words of the living God. And we long 
uh, Father, our God, to be more the people you want us to be, to increasingly have the mind of Christ, that your Holy Spirit, that he would be increasingly changing us from the inside out. And so we ask and long that you would give us a deeper hunger and thirst to hear your voice and to believe it and to act according to what you say. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.